Welcome to the 84th episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Four Gates studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking Terps, Indiana, the win from last night in an electric Xfinity Center, and we have the non-rev rundown. But before all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote, at 301-986-0067, or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, to start things off, the non-rev report here. The wrestling team was back in action as they lost their fourth match of the season against the Purdue Boilermakers in West Lafayette, 10-28. to Not off to a good start for the season for the wrestling trips, and they will play again tomorrow in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, it's not been going well in the Big Ten, really, at all. I mean, this wrestling team's just struggling. I don't know if there's a coaching change coming. Coach McCoy was just doing so well in the ACC, but that seems to have gone away since they joined maybe the Big Ten strongest conference in the wrestling one. And I know the Big 12 might have something to say about that, but the Big Ten certainly is a good wrestling conference. Their season tomorrow at the Xfinity Center, and that is a group match with multiple teams. Yep, and the last non-rev bit we got here, the Lady Terps will play their 16th game of the season tomorrow, or today, actually, versus Michigan at 4.30. That game will be on BTN. And also, a women's basketball update, junior guard Kayla Charles is on the midseason Wooden Award list, uh, is for the top player in women's college basketball. She is just a phenomenal this season. She gets 16 points a game. First team All-Big Ten last season. And I don't know if a player has ever won the Wooden Award under Brenda Freeze, Mason. I don't know about that, um, but uh, we can certainly check that. Ohio State has hired Maryland special teams coordinator Matt Barnes. Barnes has been with the Terps since 2016. He was When he was named linebackers coach this past season, he was also handed the responsibility of being the special teams guy. He really did a great job. Maryland had a lot of blocked kicks in his times, a lot of big returns, definitely some creative special teams plays and of course Wade Leaves was just fantastic this past season um, as far as the Twitter reaction all the Maryland players were upset that Coach Barnes will be leaving but of course you know that's just a big step in his career and as they put it it's just the next step in Matt Barnes journey to being a defensive coordinator yeah special teams was really good last season it's not a surprise that he's moving up it kind of sucks but it's it's wasn't unexpected, I don't think. No, I don't think that there was much with him, you know, coming back to College Park with the regime change. So just, it is what it is. Got to move on. Obviously, his job has already been rumored to be given away to um, John. I'm blanking on his last name right now. John Papatouis. Yeah. Moving on um, with the football news, Josh Gaddis, of course, was Maryland's offensive coordinator for all of well, never really officially the offensive coordinator, but was the rumored offensive coordinator for all of, what, four hours? I was going to say two hours. But, yeah, of course, um, Gaddis was the wide receivers coach at Alabama. 
he was rumored to be coming with Loxley to Maryland as OC, but then Michigan swooped in and offered him over a million dollars to be their OC, which Maryland just couldn't match, and now he's in Ann Arbor. It's kind of the whole thing. Now, what does that do to Pep Hamilton? That is an excellent question, actually, and I haven't thought about that. Um, maybe he's getting demoted just quarterback's coach. Maybe he's walking. Maybe he ends up here as the OC. Hmm. That's interesting. But so, Gaddis, yeah. It's a obviously. real bummer, in my opinion. What'd you say? It's a real bummer, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a pretty similar reaction for me. Um, from what I've heard, uh, he, it was all set. It was a done deal about a month ago. Michigan just came in and offered him of the likes of a few hundred thousand dollars more that Maryland just can't do right now. You can't really match Michigan money-wise. And I'm not sure if you really ever will be. I mean, look at what Michigan has, and I know we all like to talk about this. They're a few billion in front of Maryland as far as an athletics program. They bring in more money, and they can spend it. And in this case, they did, and they just beat um, the Terps out for Josh Gaddis. And with Josh Gaddis walking and the Terps OC starch basically starting, I figured it might help to give an assistant coach rundown with the Loxley staff. So, Mason, why don't you get started here? Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and start with offensive coordinator. Obviously, Josh Gaddis was your name there, but that has fallen through, as we all know. I think T. Martin, the former USC OC and quarterbacks coach and a really legendary quarterback for the Tennessee Volunteers, is now the number one guy there. He was also rumored during this whole process. Um, earlier this week, he was rumored to be heading down to Miami, but obviously that has fallen through with the Manny Diaz hiring of another Alabama assistant that we'll get to in a minute here. So I think T. Martin's your guy there. As far as the defensive coordinator, we have this, still the same two names um, swirling around. You have Derek Ansley, who apparently Maryland, according to Inside Maryland Sports, has made an offer to, but obviously nothing's happened there. And your other name will be Corey Robinson, specialist. We already have John Papachuas. Uh, quarterbacks coach, I think if they get T. Martin, he will also take over that role. Of course, Loxley could. Running backs coach, we have Elijah Brooks. Um, wide receivers, there's been some uh, talk that Chris Beatty, or Beatty will no longer be coming back to Maryland, as was already talked about. Um, yeah, not much to say there yet. Tight ends coach, um, you still have Butch Jones there, but with all the five assistants that have moved out of Alabama, it's looking like Nick Saban might want to keep Butch Jones down there. And obviously, you run into one of those things where um, I don't really think you can pe compete with Alabama in terms of money or prestige. Oh, no, of course not. And, you know, it would be great if we got him. But with all the coaching changes down there, it's possible that maybe he even gets promoted to OC. We'll see. But. I don't know, Butch Jones is really up in the air right now. Yeah, O-line coach, I think from what I saw last night, which I did actually lay eyes on Brian Sting with the football recruits, that he will be staying. Um, defensive line coach, haven't really heard anything there. Obviously, you got to wait for that whole defensive coordinator role to really get set up. But, yeah, we are really in a waiting standpoint. I actually made one mistake during this on as the defensive backs coach. The guy that I was thinking about with the other defensive coordinator is Denard Wilson, who was the Jets' defensive backs coach. That's the other name that's been going around. Yeah, he was a Terp back in his college days. Went to the math, the uh, upper Marlboro guy. 
he'd be a logical fit if the NFL doesn't want to keep him around. Or even if they do, maybe he'll want to come home. He'd be a big get for us. Yeah, I think either of those guys will do, obviously. Ansley's the guy that there's been a ton of talk about recently with, you know, Inside Maryland Sports reporting that he's made an offer or that Loxley's made an offer to him. It's just they both um, reportedly interviewed this week. It's it's really – it needs to happen. Got to get this set up and continue moving because February is coming quick. The dead period is officially over now. January 11th to February 2nd is another recruiting period. You got to get it set up. You got to start making moves or we're going to end up with, you know, the nine-guy class that we're all afraid of. Uh, the last guy that we didn't really mention yet is Chuck Heater. You know anything about him yet, Mason? I have not heard anything about Chuck Heater really recently at all. Um, I really don't know. I mean, Robinson kind of took one of his positions. He was really working a lot with the defensive backs, even though he was a safeties guy. Uh, it's up in the air. I would really like to see Coach Heater stay. I think he did a great job last year, especially early on in the season. But you never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. And with that said, I think that kind of covers our assistant coach rundown. Our last little PSA here is Maryland basketball is offering two free tickets to any federal government employees for both the women's basketball game today at 4.30 and the men's basketball game at versus Wisconsin. So if you know any federal employees, tell them to head out to College Park and support the Terps. You can find more information on this at umterps.com. Yeah, um, definitely all the teams around here are making moves like that. It's really nice to see everyone you know, kind of holding up the community during the government shutdown. Yep, and with that said, I think it's time to move on to our big win over Indiana. Yeah, let's um, start with the Jalen Hurts appearance from last night. It definitely got the crowd going when the game really wasn't going so well um, early on. It was nice to see that, nice to see some big recruits in the house last night. Um, the other thing on football, really quick, is when they introduced Mike Loxley. You know, the first time they did that, it was at a Maryland, I think it was at the Maryland against Loyola of Maryland game. And, you know, that was a really probably could be the smallest crowd of all year was the first time they did that but it was great to see you know another standing ovation really the fan base keeping up that energy keeping up that we're behind Mike Loxley we're behind this it was really nice to see that in front of a crowd of over I'm gonna guess that I think it was over 15,000 and it's hard to tell with the wall having so many empty seats so that didn't look that bad that was really good no me. no there wasn't anymore um but yeah, it was also, I'm sure it wasn't a coincidence that they had the football recruits and Jalen Hurts in the house when they reintroduced Mike Loxley, show support that football has around here. Um, I don't know. I know Wayne was sitting near Jalen Hurts, so he might have had more insight, but you see anything interesting around him, Mason? No, I feel like he was really taking it in. Obviously, he saw the, he did leave at halftime, so he saw the lesser half of the game for the Terps and really for the crowd, which doesn't really too well in terms of the basketball you know atmosphere at Maryland and the fan atmosphere but it's just it's good to see that you know there are a lot of people at the Maryland basketball games it's a really hype atmosphere there's a lot of energy around that and Maryland football could have that we saw it when Maryland was on top of Ohio State for most of that game even down to the end when you know obviously the missed pass that really was probably your biggest football moment of all year outside the Texas game football here and I think we all can agree on this 
can be good. It can be a good atmosphere. We all saw it in the early 2000s and in uh, 2010 when Danny O'Brien and Torrey Smith led the last Ralph team. You saw it. You saw that people are hyped. They want to come out, especially if Maryland's good, and really only if Maryland's good. There's so much stuff to do around here. There's the pro teams and all that, that Maryland has to be good, but you see it with Maryland basketball. When they succeed, it's a great atmosphere. You know, Radio hosts talk about it being possibly Maryland or the Xfinity Center for a big Maryland basketball game. Might be the best atmosphere in this area. Maryland football can have that. We've all seen it when they're really good. You just got to bring some of that winning back. Get good opponents. I mean, they're going to be good opponents. So you can really have that, and I feel like that's what you got to sell if you're Mike Loxley at these Maryland basketball games. Well, um, next up for Jalen Hurts, before we move on to the actual game, he will be visiting Miami, I believe, next week. No, so no, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, my bad. So, hopefully, we made a good enough impression on him that he comes here. That's all you can really say about it. Yeah, um, obviously, you saw with the Oklahoma quarterback going into the transfer portal, Austin Kendall. Um... Just, I don't think it's looking too great for Maryland after Gaddis decided that he wasn't going to come here. Yeah, that wasn't a great move for our chasing. It feels like we're trying to woo, like, LeBron James or something here. It feels like we're trying to get, like, a big NBA free agent with all the expectations and hype around him. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird feeling for college, in my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, though. You have to see it. The way that, at this point, it kind of is. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but he's a one-year. It's a one-year contract. It's like getting a veteran NBA All-Star, as you said. Getting a guy that wants to come here and I don't really think the word is to win a title, but to come somewhere, compete, and really showcase their talent for the next level. It's really a. Um, I don't know. Just it. It's different than the normal recruit. It's so much just. It's just a different game. Really, for these guys now, it's about getting to the next level. Getting the opportunity to play the one of the opponents that you need to do to put out a good NFL resume, have the teammates around you, and have the coaching staff. Well, for Maryland, and in terms of Jalen Hurts, not really everybody, the coaching staff's definitely there with Loxley. You look at Maryland's receivers, they definitely have a ton of talent there. It's just that, that third factor. There's always something else that people are considering, and... With Jalen Hurts, I'm not sure if Maryland really matches up with the other schools that he's looking at, other than Houston. Well, I mean, like we said last time, it's very rare that you get a player with his much name recognition, his much talent, just looking for somewhere else to go like this where you're playing next year. It's obvious why everybody wants him. And I think we have a shot, but it's going to be a dogfight. Let's talk about the game, but before we do that, this podcast is brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know their way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your European car and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831, and tell them that the Young Turf sent you. The Terps topped Indiana last night, 78-75. to 
Jordan, what were your thoughts? Well, this was truly a tale of two halves, wasn't it? So I uh, wrote some notes down here. Let's just give you a picture and how poorly this game was going. With 16.47 left in the first, the Terps were losing 9 to nothing. Charging calls timeout. At the 16-minute timeouts, 11 to 2. And then it was 14 to 3, 17 to 4. And then at the 12-minute timeout, it was 19 to 9. Just, man, this was a slow start for the Terps. Yeah, they looked nervous. They didn't, they just, they didn't have it when they came out of the gate. It was a really slow start, and around the time when it was, I think, 14-2, to two, I, I started to think this is what it's supposed to look like when a coach has about a week to prepare like Archie Miller did. They came out with a good ga- game plan. They locked the post down. They really made Maryland kind of try and change their game early, but the Terps continued to go inside, play that inside-out game, get touches down low to Bruno Fernando, who was 11 for 12, on the game and made some massive plays. It was definitely his night out there with 25 points. But Maryland continued to play their game, and they didn't lose it. If you look at the stats, it's obvious the one that sticks out to you. Maryland beat Indiana in rebounds 42-25. to They just they continued to play the game. They didn't let Indiana get too far in front, and that's what had them prevail in this game, or at least keep the game alive. I know you said this was Bruno's night, and it was... But Anthony Cowan almost single-handedly kept us in this game in the first half. He was just, he had energy, he was making shots, which was a big deal in the first half for the Terps. He was getting to the line. He was so quick in this game. He only hit two threes, but they were massive. He was 9 for 16 from the field. Once again, just a volume scorer. It, it, he, without him, we get blown out in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, he made the shots early that kept the game close. He... You know, made big threes down the stretch. But when you really look at the stat sheet here, it was Cowan and Fernando. That game of really being able to move the ball quickly and getting it to your players like you believe as a team can really score. Now, if you look at the game that a guy like Eric Ayella had or Daryl Morcel or Ricky Lindo, they're just so important to this team. This team is just, as Turgeon has said throughout the year, and I haven't really believed it till about now, they work together well. They play together well. It's just they have the right pieces to make something happen, and you're starting to see it, especially in these second halves. Obviously, the first half wasn't great. The first about 10 minutes of the game again was slow, but you have to just take the game in as a whole and see how this team fought through when things were going right and made the right plays in order to keep themselves in the game, didn't let it slip away, and then ultimately were able to overtake Indiana. Yeah, they really came together as a team in this game because it would have been easy for them to give up. It really would have been. Even, you know, we talked about how it started to go right at the end of the first half. But even so, they're still down by eight points. But they really, really kept caught a flyer out of the gate to start the second. Went a 16 to nothing run to start the second half. They just played perfectly. Bruno caught fire. It was, it was a spectacle to watch, really. Yeah, it was a great game to be at. It was a great game to watch. Obviously, the crowd really got into it when Maryland started to come back. And, you know, the displeasure is still there at the beginning of the game. But at the end, everybody wants this team to win. Everybody wants to see us succeed. Because really, and this is one thing that I'll point out with Maryland in terms of being nervous at the beginning of the game, Jalen Smith is a Maryland fan. Daryl Morsell, I mean, you're talking about guys, Ricky Lindo, they're from Maryland, and that's really what I love. And then Bruno, 
obviously he's from Angola, but Maryland's really like his home in America. I mean, well, I just love how like passionate Maryland this team is for Maryland and how much Maryland there is on this team is really something that I feel like I got to point out because that's what I want to see out of you know our state university that a lot of the people that go to Maryland and graduate are from it. Well, to expand on that, Anthony Cowan's from Bowie. Eric Ayler's from Delaware. You can keep those going for a while there. But the only really – well, we, we will talk about the negative soon, but the biggest negative was – Man, Sticks had a tough game. Yeah, and that's going to happen. He's a freshman. It's just, it, it was going to happen. I mean, obviously you didn't want to see it happen in front of 30 NBA scouts with two GMs there, but it did. 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, made his two free throws. He still got 10 rebounds, though. And, of course, you know, two points off of free throws. It just, it wasn't clicking well for him. He was fumbling the ball around, kicked the ball off his foot a few times, missed a dunk. But... It's go- it was going to happen. He's a freshman. You just got to live with it. You got to move on. Luckily enough, the rest of the team was able to hold you know, hold up during this game, and you were able to get a win. But Monday night against Wisconsin, you're definitely going to need Jalen Smith. Yeah, and I actually – well, he could have gotten like 15 rebounds because the ball was bouncing his way. He was getting good positioning. He just could not hold on to the ball for a few of those. Yeah, it's going to happen. He's a freshman. He, he's going to make mistakes. I, I think it was the right call, absolutely, to leave him out there and not let him try to play through it on Turgeon's part. I don't know what you feel about that, Mason. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it, obviously. I didn't want him to come back in at the end of the game, though. I thought Lindo was doing an expert job, and Jordan, you know how much I like Ricky Lindo. And we asked Tony Masson. I got a chance to ask Tony Massenberg about Ricky Lindo on the postgame show that's up on TerpTalk.com was Ricky Lindo has found his role on this team. He plays defense. He rebounds, even though he didn't get a lot of rebounds. But he goes out there and he makes things happen. He plays hard. He just does that grunt work. And really, in this game, he probably made one of the smartest plays that you saw all night. When he had a wide-open three, and he didn't take it, though, he moved the ball again and then again to get another wide-open three. That's the kind of vision that a guy like Lindo has, and a lot of these big men can really pass the ball. I feel like we're starting to see that. Yeah, he's a, he's what you call a glue guy, I believe. He, he's not going to make a huge impact on the stat sheet, but he's going to help the team out in ways they're not going to be able to see. Um, the freshman guards, again, Ayla and Wiggins had okay performances, I guess. Wiggins, you saw it for the second straight game. Uh, against yeah, Minnesota, you saw it at the top of the zone. In this game, you saw it against Langford. He's just, he's not Morsell and Wiggins. If you combine them, you would have the perfect player. But if you look at what they both do, Wiggins can really score the basketball, even though he only had five in this game. You, you can see it. He can really score. Morsell, on the other hand, he had five points in this game and took a really bad shot at the end of the game that he got benched for, which I actually appreciated from Coach Turgeon, that he got sat down for doing that. But Morsell can really play himself some defense. And Wiggins, he can really score, but it depends on what game it is, which one you really have to pick and choose. Well, the issue that I have with Aaron Wiggins, I really like Aaron Wiggins, but he's a shooter. And when he goes, when he can't shoot, he doesn't really offer much to the team, I feel like. Like, I think he's a nice kid, but he's a shooter. And when you go one for three from deep as a shooter, it really limits your usability. But I don't think he is only a shooter. 
I think that he can do some other things. It's not like he's not a Jared Nickens or a, or the Miller guy that used to play in the NBA that played for the Wizards and the Heat. He's not like that. He can do more. He gets a few rebounds. He, he He's not – you can't say early in his freshman season, which we still are. I mean, we're only – actually, at this point, mid-freshman season, 17 games in. You can't really define Aaron Wiggins as just a scorer. Maybe right now that's what he is, but I also feel like he's done some different things throughout the year. Another guy that I'm wanted to saying, hit him. I'm not saying that's a ceiling. I'm just saying right now that's his main thing. Another guy that wanted to hit on is Sorrell Smith. I, I really – him and Lindo are starting to like fit into that. We really need both of them. They give you good minutes. It might not always show. Sorrell is not really – buffed up yet he's not really like been in the college strength and conditioning system but he comes in and he just gives Cowan and Ayala that needed break that little you know at this point it's 11 minute break which is way better than Cowan's pretty much gotten his whole Maryland career but he's one of those guys you need and he made the three when Maryland really needed him to make it um on the Indiana, on the Indiana side Juwan Morgan, 7 for 13, 14 points, 8 rebounds. He was good on offense, but Bruno was just killing him inside. Yeah, at the end of the day, Juwan Morgan is probably 6'5", 6'6". He's listed at 6'7", but he's small. And sometimes you get beat down low just because of your height or your you know overall body mass. And that's what was happening to Juwan Morgan. If you look at this game in... The terms of an Indiana fan or an Indiana reporter, you got to say it came down to down low, and Indiana really didn't have the true center. I'm looking down the street, and I guess ESPN doesn't even use the center, the C, to describe any player anymore. But Indiana definitely did not have that guy that could go in there and just play straight up with Bruno Fernando like Ethan Happ will be able to do. Yeah, and of course, before we move on from this one, or wrap up our thoughts at least, Romeo Langford, holy crap, did he have a game. Yeah, Romeo Langford, you know, as Wayne loves to point out, he was 3-for-7 at one point in this game. He finishes up 8-for-14, played hero ball at the end and played it really well. Romeo Langford, you know, I don't want the Wizards to pick him. I would say. I saw it on the ESPN mock draft this week, and I was like, why are the Wizards picking Romeo Langford? And I still don't really want them to take him. But whatever NBA team ends up with this guy is going to be one lucky team. He's a 6'6 point guard. He could play probably three or four positions in the NBA. We really saw his potential. If you saw him in person, then you're going to be able to see you saw, you're gonna be able to say you saw him in person, I think. Because I really like the kid. He's Mr. Basketball of Indiana for a reason. And I don't know. I feel like we saw a treat in seeing him play t- yesterday. Yeah, he really had a heck of a game. If you look at this Indiana team, I just have a feeling – they're going to probably be making it into the Sweet 16 if they get a favorable matchup on my March Madness bracket. I can see it, especially if Langford keeps developing and they can figure out some of their flaws. They're a good team. Well, weren't they well. missing a few guys? I don't know if they were. I think I heard that too. Maybe they were. I, I thought they were missing sure. their point guard for this game, but um, yeah, they were just – it wasn't great for Indiana. If I'm an Indiana fan right now, I feel like I'm still disappointed about this game. Had a great lead at the beginning, let it go away on the road. It could have been a really good win for Indiana because now they're 3-2 and two in the conference instead of 4-1. and one. But 
if I'm looking at this from an Indiana perspective, I say, okay, that Maryland really exposed us. Now we can go out and fix those things. So I don't think it was all negative for Indiana. But if I was an Indiana fan, I feel like I would be very disappointed at this point. I think I would be too. It was hard to be dis- well, hard to be disappointed because they weren't supposed to be as good as they are. But also they're Indiana, so they probably are disappointed. There's one um, more thing before, unless you have something, before we move on to the Wisconsin game on Monday that I wanted to talk about. Okay. If you had Maryland, Maryland was favored by five points in this game. If you had given Indiana the five points, it would have been a very disappointing night. Yeah. You just have to think about the end of the game. There's 1.6 seconds left, or like three seconds left in the game. Indiana runs down, hits the three. Okay, Maryland's up by three points. All you need is the one second left, Indiana, to foul Maryland and Maryland to make both of the shots. But the guy that was chasing Anthony Cowan falls down and the clock runs out. That would have been, that would have been a rough night. I saw it on um, Twitter this morning off of one of the uh, gambling sports gambling like lines accounts. Oh man, that that would have that would have hurt anybody that took Maryland and laid the five. All right, that's Mason's gambling corner for now. This win catapults Maryland up the standings. We are now five and one behind only Michigan and Michigan State, both five and zero in Big Ten play, which means if you can beat Wisconsin, you can really take a good lead in the Big Ten standings. So Wisconsin had a rough night last night. They lost to Purdue in overtime at home. Club, um, they lost to Virginia. Oh well, everybody's lost to Virginia who's played them so far, including us. Lost to at Marquette, who's ranked. And then they lost to Western Kentucky, Minnesota, and Purdue in overtime. It, it's, I think they're a pretty good team, Mason. What do you think? Well, they've been going downhill recently ever since. I saw them beat Grambling State. They blew them out. I saw some of that game. And then it's kind of gone downhill. They've lost. They went down to Western Kentucky, which is a game that I don't think any team ever wants to play at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a great basketball environment. And then they lost to Minnesota at home. They went out to Penn State and really dominated that game. I saw the um, press conferences, I believe that was last Sunday night, of that game. I saw the Penn State assistant coach that took over for Pat Chambers in that game. Uh, Talked to the media. You talked a lot about how Wisconsin just came out and they were really able to establish their game plan. And then they lost this game to Purdue. They come in at 11-5. They're fourth in the Big Ten right now. But there's just one guy that... Doesn't really, I don't really like in this game. And that is Ethan Happ for Wisconsin. 20 points per game, 4.8 assists. Field goal percentage through the roof at 57.4. He can handle Bruno. There's no doubt about that. And with Bruno Fernando's fouling issues, I don't really know how this game will bode for the Terps. Ethan Happ is the favorite to win Big Ten Player of the Year right now. He, If you look at the... Wisconsin schedule with high points, high rebounds, high assists. It's just Ethan half all over the place. Like, he leads the team in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, blocks per game, turnovers per game. I guess it's going to happen. Field goal percentage. He's the best player in the Big Ten. I mean, I know there's a pretty good argument for Carson Edwards. Some people are throwing out Romeo Langford, and um, some people even say Anthony Cowan. But it's Ethan Happ, in my opinion. Yeah, so if you look at this from, I already explained it from the Maryland, you know, Bruno's going to have to go up with them down low, and, you know, the fouling problems. Well, if you're Wisconsin, I think it's worse. If Ethan Happ gets into foul trouble, 
if Bruno Fernando can take Ethan Happ out of the game, which I don't really see that happening. But if it does, you're Wisconsin, you're in a world of trouble. Well, Wisconsin, I know they have some good guys, um, including Demi. I'm going to start to pronounce his name. Demerick Trice gets 14 points a game. Brad Davidson, yeah. we kind of are familiar with. Mm-hmm. But they really do run through Ethan Happ. He is the team to them. And if Bruno, and I think you may have to use some double teams. You can use sticks, and Bruno's both their height and their length to your advantage here. And you can minimize his impact, then the Terps probably have this. Because Anthony Cowan is arguably the best player in the team for Maryland, even though he struggled this season. We have Ayala, we have Wiggins, we have the, the person I think will make a difference in this game is if Jalen Smith can get back on his horse and look like himself again, then we might have them because they have really one really good big guy, and we have two on a good night. When you talk about Davidson and Trice and those guys, Wisconsin's had them. You know, some of them have been better than others, like the guy with the last name Jackson that was hurt one year in the tournament, and then he came back, and I think they lost that game. Or, you know, they've had some good guards. I, they, their names escape me right now. They don't really have that this year. They have more of inside-out game, even more so than Maryland, because that's really all that Wisconsin seems to have this year, or that's all that they run. That's just how they play. That's just what kind of basketball Wisconsin plays right now. Well, I think it's people call it the LeBron James problem. When you have one really good dominant player, your system just kind of defaults to using him because he's so dominant. And then once that player comes out of the equation, you have to it becomes this huge problem because your equation is based around the one player. And that's the thing I think kind of happens with Ethan Happ is that they run everything through him. He is the he is the system. He leads the team in assists. He leads the team in points. He leads the team in rebounds. They use him for everything. And so if you can take him away, then they have to figure something else out, and that can be an issue. Yeah, I think that kind of sums up the Wisconsin part of this. They, I think the, they're a really well, good I think team. The last thing we need to say here is that do you think we can take out Ethan Happ effectively, Mason? I don't know. I feel like not a lot of other teams have been able to do it. You look at what's just gone down this season, and Ethan Happ's a really great player. He is a truly big, fundamental kind of guy. Does a lot of things right on the court. Really can operate in all kinds of scenarios, can shoot the ball through. Can shoot the three. He can shoot the three if they need him to. He does. He's a do-it-all kind of player. But when you look, you know, when you look through this game, you got to see here are our strengths and here are their strengths. It's going to be a matchup of really. I feel at all. I think this is going to be on the TV broadcast. It's going to be on everyone's previews on every site that you look at. You're probably looking at the two most complete big men in the Big Ten going at it against each other with Fernando and Ethan Happ. I'm sure you got guys like Nick Ward out there, but that's yourself for this game. You get to watch two legitimate big men that don't play the new style of basketball. It's down low, it's mean, it's rough, and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun watching that game because I, for one, love it when teams bang it downside and that's how they score because that's just that's true basketball, and I know that I sound like a real old guy right now. Oh, yeah, you do, but that's okay. I think it'll be a good game to watch. I'm excited to tune in to watch. I think the Terps, I, I hate feeling this confident with Maryland because I always get let down. Run the but, ball, damn it. 
this is a run the ball, damn it kind of game. But until it's not, because I think the way you win this game is you take Ethan Happ out of the equation by using your strengths. Use Anthony Cowan to his full extent. Use Aaron Wiggins. Use Really use Jalen Smith because he'll be off Ethan Happ probably. And I think if you use your complimentary guy as well and just play Ethan Happ to a stalemate with Bruno, you have this game. Well, I think that's going to be a wrap for this podcast. We talked in length about Wisconsin, actually. When you literally look at Wisconsin, it's it's about Ethan Happ. I just – you don't really get to see that much anymore in basketball. It's really – I mean, of course, you have LeBron, which I don't even know how much of the Lakers are LeBron, but that's what ESPN loves to talk about. It's just LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. It's just – it's so interesting when you see a team that really plays through one guy mainly. You don't really see it much in college because talents like him don't come around super often or they leave really early. But Ethan Happ, is he a, let me check. I think he's a senior now. He he is a senior now, so appreciate it because this is going to be the last time that you see him play against the Terps. Maybe the last time, I'm not sure, he play them again. So appreciate it while, you, while he's here. He, he Again, he's my big time player of the year right now, and I'm excited to see Bruno try to take him on. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Young Terps Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at YoungTerp1. You can also follow me on Twitter at InternMason. And as always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates of Rockville. If you're looking for a place to take all of your business IT needs, Viner Four Gates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. Ally Party Rentals. Everything from a small business luncheon to baby naming to a gender reveal or whatever else you can come up with parties to have about your newborn children ally party rentals is the place to go with all of your needs you can visit them at allypartyrentals.com and maryland Eurocars. if you're looking for a five-star service experience with your audi bmw mercedes bentley vw maryland Eurocars is the place to go and you can reach them at 301-217-5831 and that's christian at maryland Eurocars. Jordan will be back on Tuesday after Maryland hopefully takes down Wisconsin to move to 6-1 and one in the conference and 15-3 and three overall. Hope we win, and if we do, then this next game against Ohio State should be a marquee matchup. Also, really quick before we go, we love it when you guys tell us what you think about what we say on the podcast. You can tweet us. You can leave comments on Terp Talk and Capital Sports Blog. We love reading them. And thank you to all the fans that love to interact with us. And that's it for... This episode of the Young Terps podcast, as always, thanks for listening.